Welcome to Fake Players Real Losers. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by Dave once again. Hey, Andrew. Great to be back. And today is going to be one of our longest pods of the season, of course, because we're going to look at all of the different leagues and where we think each team will finish. Dave couldn't join us for the PL, but Scott was nice enough to do so. Let's get started with the PL, and then we'll move on to the other ones. All right, sounds great. Right now, we're going to take a look at the Premier League and how we think that's going to shape up. I was graciously joined by Atlanta GM Scott. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So before we actually get into how you think the PL will turn out, how do you feel about Atlanta? How do you feel about Atlanta this year? I feel good um, that my tone of voice doesn't really uh, make that very convincing. No, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I, th- there's more that I wish I'd done. I've I've been looking pretty hard now for the past the past season for a good corner outfielder that has some pop and it won't kill me out there. All with the goal of moving Moran to DH. Um, I kind of see him like Thunder Bay sees David Smith and just I I want to protect Moran as much as I can. So I I've been trying to find a guy that'll play a good left field and also add a little more power in the lineup and I haven't been able to find it yet and I, I've been trying to beef up my rotation as much as possible I've made a couple of decent trades but I, I still think I'm a step away from being totally comfortable with my rotation Atlanta Magic is what we would like to call those trades actually <laughs> um, one thing that is different for Atlanta than we've pretty much ever seen is a really low payroll you actually have the lowest payroll in the PL by a fairly significant amount why is that well the the days of bob campbell and nathan clay sucking up half of my payroll are gone thankfully um it's really just an effort to to bring in more revenue with my fan interest in the high 60s it's tough to draw a big crowd sometimes Mm -hmm. so by keeping the payroll low i can get as much profit as i can i can beef up the farm system a little bit with ifas and, uh, and free agents, and after this season, I'm going to try to re-sign Moran. He's got two years left on his insanely team-friendly 10-year, $60 million deal. Definitely. So after this season, I'll be able to negotiate with him, hopefully, and uh, I, I want to have as much money as I can. Talking about Moran, we saw Downing asking for $40 million in the offseason. Would you be willing to go that high on Moran? Or if he's seeking $40 million like Downing was, are you going to have to let him go? I'm hoping it doesn't even come to that. But if it does, I'm, I'm going to try to talk him down as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's... I, I I don't know if I can do that. I think if he's asking you know, $35, $40 million, it's just not fiscally responsible to have one guy taking up that much money. Yeah. You know, but... I, I, I mean, I yeah, obviously you would really not want it to get to that point. But I was just curious because we did see Downing with that exorbitant demand. So it's not unreal in the USBA anymore. No, it's not. And, you know, Downing I, Downing has seniority going for him and mm-hmm. a, a long career of, of good play going for him. Moran does as well, but not to the extent that Downing does in terms of longevity. Um, so I would hope that, you know, he's still out to... to maybe not prove himself but you know maybe not get that that 40 million dollars yet maybe after uh, his next contract he'll ask for for something exorbitant like that and so you're but you're still trying to clear up as much room because you do figure it's probably going to be in the high 20s low 30s Uh, range yeah okay sure all right and that makes a lot of sense um what moves do you see yourself making during the season 
Well, like I said, I'm still trying to, to add a corner outfielder so I can move Moran to, to DH. And mm-hmm. if I do that, then one of my first basemen goes, whether it's Durand or Maldonado. I'm, I'm pretty much open to moving either of them, uh, depending on the if I get a righty or a lefty. So I, I think that would be my, my biggest trade. Maybe um, if, if not that, then adding another starting pitcher. I, I was trying to get a Rumble Kaufman from Brooklyn for a while. Couldn't couldn't match up uh, what uh, what he wanted to, to what I was willing to give up. But someone, you know, experienced like that, that, that can really put me over the edge and, and make a, a tournament of champions run. And that does segue really well into... Where, how do you see the PL stacking up this year from last place all the way up to first place? Okay, I'll start with last place. Just looking at over, I think Austin doesn't have, doesn't quite have the the pitching to do it. He's got a couple good starters and a, and a great closer, um, but I think the rest of his staff leaves something to be desired. Uh, he's got a few good guys in the lineup, but I I just don't know if they're ready to even put a mid table in the PL. Um, looking at ninth place, I have uh, AC Casey. They have a great rotation, but the lineup outside of Vaz and uh and show it just doesn't make and david edwards as well i I just don't think the lineup is ready to carry um carry the pitching staff um i then have wizarding in eighth so i would have casey and wizarding playing for the relegation we'll talk about this later but wizarding's rotation is strong he has a good back end of the bullpen but the the lineup it, it doesn't it doesn't it's not a full lineup couple very good players but he needs more then i have detroit detroit's made a lot of really good moves and i think they have the potential to go farther um but the back end of the bullpen and the end of the rotation uh, i think will be trouble spots for him i'll then uh put oakland at sixth again the rotation i think the rotation may be be the deepest in the in the PL. The bullpen is a big question mark for him. He's got a couple of good guys. Caballero comes back after a season of twenty something saves, ERA just over two. I think he'll he'll be good. And if if he can get a couple other guys to um to, to pitch well out of the bullpen, he'll be in a lot better shape. And if Todd Henry and Todd Williams and uh and the rest of his his matchers in the lineup can come through, he'll be in good shape. But they don't have a lot of guys that can get on base for when those big for when the big guys come up to drive them in. Fifth place I'll put Atlanta. I think I think Oakland and Atlanta can can flip-flop and probably will flip-flop the entire season, but I think uh as far as my rotation goes, I I'm counting on guys like Lancey McKinney also pitching or pitching as well as he has the last couple of years. I'm counting on Maldonado figuring out PL pitching and not hitting was it 211 Durant hitting another 20 25 home runs and then Moran having a full healthy season he hasn't done very well in the last couple years but I think he I think he'll turn it around I think he knows he needs to turn it around and that sounds ridiculous talking about a fake baseball player in a computer game but don't worry about it <laughs> um, fourth place in in the uh, in the tournament of champions, I have Thunder Bay. Their lineup is ridiculous. David Smith, Swampy, um, Carlos Padilla, Carlos Rodriguez. Those guys are very very good, and he has enough pitching to get by. I think a couple of his guys will uh, will need to step up a little bit more, but I think he'll be in good enough shape to make a TOC spot. Then I have RC in third it's a it's a veteran team but it's an experienced team that that's that's used to winning 
and um, a couple of their guys, I think uh, Juan Cabrera specifically, has, has been tailing off a little bit, at least to my scout. I think if, if he can if he can turn it around a little bit, he's got a couple other young guys that are that are ready to go. Mitch Qualtro, I think, is going to be great this season, and he has enough depth in the pitching staff. Guys like Cordell Wilson and and Alec Pittman, as well as Baseball Jesus, uh, they're going to be really good this year. And in second place, I'm going to say Boston, and that's even with the Downing signing from uh, from today. They're they're getting older, and uh, especially the the starting pitching. All of them are over 29 years old, and and three of their three of the four are above 32 years old, which is basically dead and out of the park. Um, and a lot of his uh, a lot of his regulars are getting older too. Tommy Jones, he's coming off the the gold the the MVP this year, but mm-hmm. he's 33. You know, and, and and Kato was injured for a while last year. It took him a while to get started. He's very good, and he's still in his 20s. But you know, it, it's it's concerning to see injuries and lack of production at that age. And so, in first place, that leaves Panama City. I think the uh, the hot tub's going to be boiling this year. I think he has the most. I think he has the deepest pitching staff in the Premier League. Uh, it's it's deeper than Oakland. I think um, his, his starters are are one to five very good. He has a good bullpen with a lot of guys that can that can either start or pitch out of the bullpen, which means that, you know, you put them in the bullpen, their stuff is going to be that much better. Beefed up his uh, his lineup with Kale Sutton. I know um, that was a, a source of confusion on the last podcast, but even just having that bat in the lineup, I think will be really beneficial for him. And all of his young guys in the lineup just have another year of experience under their belts. They're a year older. They've seen PL pitching now. I think they're going to be great, and I think they're going to win the PL. Wow. I am legitimately shocked that you picked uh, Panama City. Well, you have a lot of good reasons, definitely, for doing so, but it's clear we definitely disagree on Boston. The one team that I was really shocked, and we'll talk about this with our biggest surprises and disappointments, was Wizarding. I imagine that you think Wizarding is going to be a huge disappointment this year. I do. You know, the, he um, Dan lost a, a lot of, of um, production out of his lineup, you know, letting Steve Dunn walk, and and not really having a set first baseman going into the season. You know, Antmart was injured last year, but when he was healthy was, you know, the best player in the PL. And the big question mark there is can Antmart and Tanner really carry the entire team? Yeah. There's, I mean, outside of them and Aradondo, there's not much left in that lineup. Yeah. Antmart staying healthy is definitely a major concern um, because it's he was injured last year, as you mentioned. He was also injured the year before that as well. And that's two straight years of injuries. While not necessarily a trend yet, it is definitely a little bit alarming. Because if he's not in your lineup, that changes that changes that team completely. And last year, when Antmart wasn't in the lineup, they weren't a very good team. Yeah, yeah. If if you can, if you only have to worry about Tanner, then you know you walk him or you you bring up someone that can get him out, and you yeah. don't have to worry about a guy like Antmart behind him. And I see major holes that they have in shortstop, second base, first base, center field, and catcher. And that is a lot of holes to have in a team that a lot of people expect to be a TOC team. Agreed. It doesn't... He, he obviously has uh, the depth, in, especially at shortstop, but... You know his will, his unwillingness to uh, to bring up Corona. You know those, that's his his own reasons, and you know you have to respect that. And you know making sure that Corona has a, a good start when he comes up to the to the PL eventually. 
but yeah, it, it's a lot of holes to to try to plug when you're trying to stay uh, when you're trying not to get relegated. Yeah, and this is kind of the thing is I think they have three they have three players that they could call up in Trevino, Sanchez, and Corona, and I think that when those three get called up is going to determine if they finish in eighth place or ninth place or if they finish in fourth place or fifth place. If they wait thirty games, I don't see any way that they make the tournament of champions because if in 30 games out of 108, that's a large chunk of the season. And if you go 15 and 15, 14 and 16 in that range, that's a really large hole to climb out of. Yeah, it's not easy. And he's going to have to call up Trevino or, or Corona or both of them and Sanchez as well if he wants to have any uh, if you if he wants to have any hope of staying up. Yeah, and he's gonna have to call them up soon. And we just haven't seen him do that yet. I also have some concerns about the end of his the end of his rotation. He has four very good starters, but he's hoping that he, that both Alan Blair and Fung stay healthy, which both of them have proven that they really can't stay healthy for more than a season. Especially Alan Blair, who's had two major elbow reconstructive surgeries. So I think that definitely causes some concern. Do you have any other disappointments from the PL? Um, disappointments from the PL, I, I think um, it's it's not a disappointment in, as much as it is the teams getting older is uh, is Richardson City. I think that they've had two they've had two great years the last couple of years. Uh, I, I think they should have won the PL both years, and you know they did win the TOC a couple of years ago. But you look at Alec Pittman, 33 years old, Cordell Wilson, 31. Uh, his bullpen isn't great. Uh, Ortega is now pitching out of the pen at 37, which, which will help extend his career. But um, you know the the bullpen is is still it, it's not as strong as it used to be. Uh, you look at Nishimura after his first two incredible seasons. He's had two average seasons which you know he's still put up a couple war in each season but definitely not to the production that that uh that he had been producing his first two years i mentioned cabrera a little while ago 30 years old and and, and at least to my my scout his his skill set's been dying down a little bit um plus you get injury concerns with with chris mann and, and uh terrence ayler like i said in my prediction i think they're still a toc team mm-hmm. i just don't think they're going to be a, a, a shield contending team okay and that is completely, that's definitely completely fair. Um, I actually have them finishing third with PC second and Boston first. Um, who do you think are the surprises from the PL? I think the surprises are going to be Thunder Bay and Detroit. And Thunder Bay, I think, is less of a surprise just because their lineup is stacked. And adding Kurihara from uh, Detroit and then from uh, Montana, uh, if you even want to call Montana a stop for him. He was uh, technically on the team for a while, so it is. <laughs> It'll be a surprise that, that Thunder Bay does as well as they do. Although, you know, the first couple of years of, uh, of the TOC, you saw newly promoted teams making the TOC. You saw Vancouver do it. You saw Nova do it. So, And I think uh, D.C. and Oakland did it a couple seasons ago. So it's it's a bit of a surprise in that they're just newly promoted, but it shouldn't be as much of a surprise when you look at at their team and how deep they are. Okay, you seem really high on Thunder Bay. What would have to happen for them to challenge for the Shield? To challenge for the Shield, they're going to have to get a lot out of their starting pitching. Uh, I'm I'm looking at it right now. You see a lot of guys in their in their mid twenties um, who have pitched very well and have great potential. I'm looking at Maro uh, Guerra specifically, a, a good pitcher with uh, with some good movements. Uh, not going to strike many guys out, and, and should be able to find his spots with uh, with three decent pitch, pitches. 
uh, he pitched well in the last couple of years. He's really going to have to step it up in the Premier League with a completely different, um, with, with completely different hitters and much better hitters like Andres Martinez and uh, Rafael Rodriguez, Jorge Castillo. The guys in the back of his bullpen, they need to pitch well too. You know, it's one thing to lead going into the ninth inning, but it's another thing to close out and actually win the game. And I think uh, I, I, their their bullpen is really going to have to come through for them. I, I anticipate their lineup giving them a lot of leads. It's just a matter of closing them out. The elephant in the room is you did not pick Boston to win the PL, which I think will surprise a fair number of people. You mentioned them because you think that they're getting older. How close do you think PC and Boston are? And was that a tough choice for you? Uh, I think they're neck and neck. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it was a tough choice for me. Um, obviously, when you look at, at at the track record, Boston has PC blown out of the water, no mm-hmm. pun intended. With Aguirre and Kaufman and Reynolds leading the way, I mean, those are three top flight pitchers who have been successful their entire career. You get Lucio Sanchez as well, who has been successful his entire career. Those four are, are it, it's an incredible rotation, but I think PC's is better. I think they're younger. I think they're. I just think they're better pitchers, better all-around pitchers. Uh, looking at Sanchez specifically, you know, you're not going to find many pitchers with better stuff, movement, or control. But he's. But to my scout, he's got four stamina. You know, he's he's very very good in his in when he pitches, but he doesn't pitch for very long, and so that that exposes some of the vulnerabilities that he has in his bullpen. Granted, he has revamped it. Um, adding Van Heysen from uh, from Brooklyn was huge for him, and also bringing back Pancho. Dia, Jeff Terrett, and, and Jesus Caldero is, is very helpful. I think PC's uh, just overall pitching staff is deeper, younger, and and better at the, at their at this stage than Boston's. And looking at the lineup, I you know there's no there's no doubt that Boston has a very deep and strong lineup with guys like Tommy Jones and Cato and and uh, Timmy Appledorn at catcher, Terry Armstrong at, at first base. Um, but I think PC's is deeper. And I, I, I again, it goes back to youth. It goes back to just what these guys are built to do. I think adding Kel Sutton was really beneficial for them. But having a guy like Juan Jose Ayala to get on base at the beginning of a game, whether it's by a hit or a walk, mm-hmm. uh, he can do both. Having Alvarado to hit home runs, Hayes can hit a few out. Baldomero Avino has been very good and, and, it looks to just be getting better. He's only 22 years old. He should be a monster in the PL. I, I think that the PC is just deeper. For your team, what is the best case and worst case scenario? I'll start with the worst case. Worst case is, you know, we we end up in last place. And I, I think, um, I, I don't think that's much of a possibility. I think we're more likely to end up in the relegation playoff than we are to, uh, to end up in 10th place in the auto relegation. But, you know, like you were saying, nine through four, it's it's kind of a pick 'em, and I, I think that you know we are very much vulnerable to to dropping down into eighth or ninth place. So I think worst case scenario is we get relegated either in the auto relegation or, or falling down into the into the playoff. I think the the best case for us is we make a deep tournament run. I don't think we're going to contend for the shield. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that we're gonna try to overtake Boston or, or, or PC. But I think best case scenario is we end up in third place. Um, one last question on Richardson City. Is there a possibility that you could see them in the relegation series or even in 10th place? Or do you think that even despite their oldness and despite uh, their drop-off, that they're still going to remain 
relatively safe. Yeah, I I, I think they'll be fine this year. Uh, I don't I don't see them getting down to the relegation zone. They've still got a lot of very good offensive talents, even though they are aging a little bit. They've still got some younger players who who can help them out, and guys who are still young enough that their limbs aren't falling off yet. So zooming it out real quick before we get done. Is you've been here for a couple seasons now. Is this the strongest top to bottom that you've ever seen the PL? Yeah, you know, it seems like every year we say that the Premier League is is so deep. You know, it's the deepest it's ever been. I I think that's entirely true this year. I I, I don't think there's one team. I don't think any any of us are going to have a complete fire sale like Vancouver did or like uh, Louisville did a few years before. I don't think anyone's going to do that this year. So that means that you're playing nine other very good teams. You know, it's it's really a crapshoot of where everyone ends up. Yeah, so basically two teams are going to the SL next year who could then challenge to go back up in the PL after that. For sure. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll be right back with the SL and 3L previews. All right, and so we're going to move on to the Silver League now, and we're going to try to take a look and suss out what exactly is going to happen with what at least I see as a very close race for a lot of the positions. Yeah, I totally agree. When I was going through each team, Silver League looks really wide open this year. Let's start, though, at the very bottom, where I'm pretty sure we're in agreement here with Toledo finishing in 10th. Yeah, he pretty much has mailed it in. He's traded away almost everything. He's in full fire sale mode, so pretty sure he's got the bottom sealed up in the silver this year. Yeah, I can't really see anyone challenging him then. One interesting question is, do you think anyone is going to make a move at the last couple pieces that are left? Um, There's Enrique Perez, there's Pac at second base, there's maybe a couple other bullpen pieces that someone could use, or do you think that people are going to be kind of scared away by the higher price tags, at least salary-wise, for those players? I think he's able to move some of those guys at some point during the season when injuries hit. Perez is the most expensive, if I remember right. Yeah, that's Wagner, isn't that? Yeah, that's, he may have trouble moving Perez at all. Wagner looks like he could still be a useful piece for some teams. If uh, he can stay that, healthy. Well, he won't. I mean, he never does, but even if he played 60 games uh, for a team, he's probably still he's still useful, I think. He has, to my scout, he's, his ratings have dropped off a bit, but I think he's still a pretty good player. If we both have them in 10th, let's, start, let's go on to 9th then. Who do you have in 9th place? Yeah, I've got Seattle finishing 9th. Mm-hmm. I do as well, actually. Yeah, he was, you know, there was a group of three at the bottom last year with Buckhead and Houston and Seattle. Seattle won the relegation series with Houston pretty easily, if I remember right. Who knows, in seven games. Uh, Miles added a couple pieces, um, but not a lot. And I don't know if it's enough to really push him up to the seventh, the seventh spot this season. Yeah, and even the pieces he's added, I'm not super excited by them. I mean, Jesus Rodriguez at third base was negative 0.9 war in the 3L last year. I don't think that's going to translate to a lot better in the SL. Right. Um, and then losing Brian Williams to actually your team kind of makes catcher really thin for him. So I just don't see, you know, where he's going to add, where he's going to get the pieces that he needs. And I think the bullpen is also pretty weak. Yeah, I, I like the pro international guy he added, but you never know. Dong Jin Kim. Looks like he could be a good player, but we won't know for half a season, probably. At least. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the international players, as we've kind of discussed before, is they're kind of a mixed bag, and maybe they'll be really good, and maybe not. All right, so those first two were fairly easy, and now we start getting into the really... We both agree that eighth through at least third could be a lot of different teams. 
And injuries are probably going to play a huge uh, role in that. No doubt about it. Injuries pr- may be the biggest factor. Yeah. Between injuries and young guys who we don't know about yet, right? guys that are coming up from AAA, some of them put up good numbers in AAA, some of them haven't even played a lot in AAA yet. They're going to play in the majors, and if they do well, they could really help. Yeah, definitely. So who do you have in eighth place right now facing Seattle in that relegation playoff? Yeah, this is, I mean, like you said, it's a really tough call. I've got Grafton in eighth, though. I could easily see five other teams. And actually for eighth, I have Rocky Mountain. Go ahead and go through your rationale for why you think Grafton is going to finish eighth, and then we'll go ahead and talk about Rocky Mountain as well. Yeah, I, I had Grafton in eighth because his pitching just wasn't very good last year. I guess I'm a little heavy on the pitching side. Let's see, his team finished seventh in runs allowed per game last year in the SL, and he's only got one pitcher that's really above league average. That's Hurst. It just feels like his pitching just won't be able to uh, hold down enough to to push him in, in the higher spot. Definitely. It wouldn't be impossible, but his pitching is a, is a big hole, and he has literally one pitcher in triple a yeah if there was an injury it's yeah i think that's a big problem uh i really like his second baseman santos he's he he was seventh in run score too so yeah i guess just overall he didn't add very much he's got no depth at pitching he's probably just walking a really thin line things could go well and he could it wouldn't surprise me if he finished higher than that he had the most holes i guess so yeah i mean i'm not significantly different on grafton i think they're going to finish seventh and so saying that they finish eighth really wouldn't be that far of a stretch i think his outfield is also a major concern you mentioned his second baseman i like him a lot uh gaudy at third base i'm a huge fan of and ramos at first base so he has good hitting in the infield but that outfield, the DH, and of course, the poor, poor, sad story of Scotty Anderson. Sad it is. It really, I mean, he looked like one of the brightest stars and was doing well and then got the drug suspension and just his ratings just dropped off. Poor Scotty. He played, what, about half a season last year, slash 210, 250, 290 for an OPS plus of 60. Yeah. Uh, Barely positive war. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at his numbers before, uh, before the drug suspension, it's just it's hard to believe it's even the same player. Yep, it's really tailed off a lot. And and like I said, I had Rocky Mountain finishing in yeah, eight. Yeah, so tell, tell me about why you think Rocky Mountain is down there. I think Rocky Mountain's down there for the same reason that you think Grafton is down there, actually, is the pitching. Um, mm. Their pitching is younger, which is a help, but it's just not very good. Uh, last year, one of their big high-priced uh, free agents in Riley was not very good in the 3L. I don't really see that changing. Ortiz, who is one of their younger pitchers, who I think had a bright future at one point, just he wasn't very good last year, a 6.56 ERA in the 3L. And, you know, when you see those kind of numbers at the back end of your rotation, you get really worried about what's going to happen. I don't even know who their fifth starter is going to be. I mean, do you put Alicorn there? Do you put uh, Barrios? No matter who you put there, I'm not super excited to see that in the in the SL. And even with the t- their top two pitchers being pretty good, you still have to have trot out three other guys. And I think their bullpen is kind of weak too. It's not terrible, but if you don't have one of the top three guys in there, it's going to run into some problems. I see. Yeah, I actually like Barrios quite a bit. Uh, his star rating isn't very high, but he and his his numbers were down a little bit last year, but mm-hmm. his BABIP was a little bit higher. So I, I think Barrios is actually a very usable starter. It will become a very usable starter. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit worried about him. I'm also worried about Rivera, and I know he had a fantastic year last year um, in AAA, and then came up and did pretty well, at least ERA-wise, in the 3L, but... 
my major concern with him is how many people is he going to walk. That's just, I mean, in the SL, while I will say this again and again, the offense concerns me for a lot of teams, offenses can at least walk. They may not score many runs, but they can walk, and that could be a major problem. Yeah, Rivera looks like he could be really good, but that walk rate is definitely going to be an issue for him. And then their offense, I think, is fantastic, but I think what's going to end up happening, and this wouldn't shock me, is they could finish with the third or fourth best offense in the SL, but they could also have the ninth, eighth or ninth best pitching. In a league where you just have to be better than Toledo's pitching to be ninth, that doesn't exactly make me confident in your ability to pitch. So, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, any other year he finishes 10th in pitching, or at least that's, you know, reasonable. And so I just, I think that's going to be why they're going to finish in 8th. Now, if that pitching does shape up, I think that they could actually really make a run at promotion. Just, it's just that everything relies on that pitching. Because their offense is going to score runs, that's not going to be the problem. Yeah, his offense is definitely going to score runs. I'm a little bit higher on his pitching. He has a similar depth problem uh, as Grafton, but I think the guys he's sending out there to start are better than what Grafton's sending out there. And so Um, where do you have Rocky Mountain finishing then? I actually have Rocky Mountain in, let's see, sixth. Okay. So... Yeah, so we'll um, get to them in a little bit for not, you. Not but... a lot higher than, than you've got them, but a little yeah. bit higher. I don't know. And I think in that kind of category of play, of teams that if any three of the, if any, my eighth through sixth finished in eighth, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes enough sense. And in for seventh place, I have Grafton, who you had in eighth. Who do you have finishing in seventh? I have, my, I have myself finishing in seventh. I have Vancouver in seventh. Okay, wow. Um, so go ahead and talk about why you have your fellow, yourself finishing in seventh. Uh, well, we're just not. I just don't think what I'm what I'm sending out there to start the season is very good. Um, added a lot. Definitely went and made a whole bunch of moves to try and shore things up, but there were so many holes to fill mm-hmm. that I'm just not very confident in what's going to happen. Um, added what three starters? Uh, Valdez and Caraballo and Cato. But Cato's getting old. He might not be very good. My last two starters are Lefting and Pop. Um, Lefting has really nice ratings, but has never performed to them. Just no, yeah, never has. Just isn't close. I mean, he's probably not really a starter, and I'm hoping, you know, for the long term, he ends up in the bullpen for me. Considering the but, depth that you have, I would say that he does not end up as a starter long term for you. Yeah, I don't think so. But in my offense, didn't really add anything yet although I'm going to start four or five rookies on opening day, it's really going to come down to how well they do, and I don't think they're all quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to run with it because I really don't have much choice. I've, I've made put myself in a spot where I've already said I'm not, I don't want to go back to the 3L. I don't want to finish in, in uh, eighth or lower. So yeah. I've bought some pieces. I'm bringing up the young guys, and, but they're going to have to play, and I'm just not quite sure they're ready yet. So, all right. I mean... Okay. I'm not going to reveal where I fi- where I think you'll finish yet. Uh, that's going to be further up the list, but we'll kind of see see what you think when we get there, and I'll kind of argue against a couple of your different points about where I think you rank. So, And as I mentioned, I have Grafton finishing in seventh. As you mentioned, their pitching is a major concern. They have one injury, and they're done, and that just worries me about a team. And like I said, if they finish in eighth, it would not shock me, especially if they get an injury early on in the year. Their best pitcher is on the DL right now, Mm-hmm. And that really hurts them a lot. If he comes back in July, which I, th- if which is I believe he's slated to do that, and he does well, then you know they're probably going to stay out of that eighth position. But it's really yeah. a big concern for them. Yeah, Whitney's young, and even he's their best pitcher. He's only 24, but even last year he wasn't even you know didn't even manage a 100 ERA plus. So yeah, I'm just not. Yeah, I just think they have too many holes. 
Yeah, and no, and definitely understandable. I just I think what a very common theme here is every team. In my opinion, every team but one in the SL has... Well, okay, I guess two, because Toledo just has all the holes. <laughs> so when you have all the holes, do you really have any holes? No, um, you're just a big hole. Yeah, you're just a giant hole. So with Toledo and then who I think will finish first, I don't see those teams as having any holes. Everyone else, I can point to a lot of different areas where I'm like, that's a concern. So with Grafton having holes, I'm like, well, so does everyone else. So who do you have finishing sixth? Then? I have Fort Worth finishing in sixth. And this is a team I wanted to pick higher, but that defense from last year concerns me greatly. They were the worst team in all of USBA in defense last year by two times as much negative ZR. Uh, They were at negative 60-something ZR, whereas Detroit was at negative 30 ZR. And that's really rough. Now, they did replace uh, Vernon Kaw at third base with Ed Hopkins, which is not a great upgrade, but at least the defense is going to be there a little bit more. But they still have Marroquin out in the outfield. They still have their first baseman, who is a great hitter, but also has major problems. And I think that defense is going to make a decent pitching staff look very vulnerable. I think they're going to score runs, though. They actually do have a pretty good offense. I think Yamashita is going to be a fantastic player in the future. And, you know, he's getting better. He showed it last year, and I think if he continues to improve, uh, they have Nakamura at uh, catcher, who is also very good. I just, that pitching and that defense combined do scare me a little bit and why I can't pick them to have a repeat of a playoff experience. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Nakayama's interesting a catcher. He's He was actually picked up on waivers from Nova. Yeah, but he's getting old, right? He's 34. Yep. I mean, he hasn't really tapered off yet, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he just really didn't do much at all this year. Yeah, and no, with catchers, with catchers in that age range, either they're going to continue to be good or they're just going to fall off a table and you don't really know what. Yeah. So who do you have finishing in sixth? So I had I had Rocky Mountain in sixth actually. So and I have Fort Worth in fifth. So okay. I see we got you know a couple teams swapped by one or two here, but in general we're agreeing quite a bit on. The, yeah, and you think Rocky Mountain uh, manages to stay out of the relegation playoff because you think their pitching is better than I do? Is that I correct? do, I do, yeah. And, that yeah, and their offense is going to score runs. Oh so. yeah, it's going to score a lot of runs. So Fort Fort Worth was really good last year. They they were the they had the second most runs scored in the SL. So in terms of scoring runs, I, I agree. I don't see any problems there. But their pitching, yeah, I'm not real impressed at all with the pitching actually. I, so I really think their pitching is not that great. I think Mariquin is going to be the huge X factor for them. He had mm. a good last month of the season, and if he repeats that, then this is a team that could be dangerous. But right. If he is the Mariquin that was at Buckhead uh, the year before and then the first couple months last year at Fort Worth, then I just don't see that team being able to break up to the next level. I should qualify what I said. Fort Worth has two really good starters, right? Wells and Diaz are very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I, he's got problems. So, And he showed it. He finished ninth in, in the SL in runs allowed last year. And I do think a lot of some that... Some of that was defense. Yeah, some of that was defense. And I think that's going to be the major concern for the team is that defense. Getting a better third baseman helps, but there's still a lot of other problems there. He yeah. His team won a couple tin gloves in my write-up last year, and you don't want to be a team that has multiple winners on that list. No, I guess if you take away 60 runs for defense and just get back to a zero at ZR, then he's in the top three or four in yep. the pitch. His defense definitely makes the pitching look a lot worse than it is, but... After the top two, even even with better defense, I'm not really sold on anybody after the top two. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay, 
And so in for fifth place, you said you actually had Fort Worth, and this is where I think that I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this, but I have Phoenix finishing in fifth place. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, so let me give you my rationale for why I have Phoenix finishing in fifth place. First of all is their hitting is very young and very inconsistent. Last year, they had Martin Martinez starting at shortstop, who is negative 2.3 or 2.4 war, and they're putting Gomez there this year, but I don't know how much of an improvement. I mean, it's obviously going to be some of an improvement, but how much, I'm not really sure. My problem is, is that their offense is just not very spectacular, especially when you compare it to the team that couldn't even make it out of the SL a couple of years ago when they had Lawson and they had Munez, and they had Sutton, and they just had all of the, and Ballard, they had all these stars, and they still couldn't score runs efficiently enough to be able to get out of the SL then. Mm-hmm. This is a just a shadow of that former team, especially after losing Sutton in the offseason, that I just don't see how they're going to score the runs to really stay up. If their very young players do perform well, then I could see them doing better, but when you're in when you're relying on a whole bunch of really young players, you need a lot to go right, and I just don't see that happening. The thing that I don't like about his team is his pitching. Wow. He has okay. a very good one-two. Probably the best one-two of anyone in the SL, except for maybe Northern Virginia. But after that, it gets really sketchy really fast. Okay. And I think, so, I don't like Dilatore that much. He has had just as many years over one war that he has had of negative war. You know, you can't plan on him for being one of your top three starters, I don't think. And right now, he's slated to be that third starter. Their fourth starter, Alonza, who I think is going to potentially be good in the future. But he wasn't that good last year, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to make that stuff up this year quite yet. I think that's going to really hold them back. And then their fifth starter, I don't even know who they're going to put there. That's a lot of questions. If they had these questions in the bullpen, I'd be much more comfortable. But when you're talking about three fifths of your rotation, that really concerns me. I see. Okay, so yeah. I imagine we'll we'll be talking about them for you a little bit higher up on the list. Yeah, I mean, I have Phoenix finishing, actually winning the SL. Totally in love with their pitching. Where you don't like it very much, I think it's great. You know, Mora and Ham as a one-two is phenomenal um, i think de la torre got really unlucky last year um, i'm gonna bank on him bouncing back uh, i don't, i agree i mean you're right he's bounced around right he went from a zero war player to a four and a half war player back to a zero war player i think last year was was bad luck uh i don't see it being that bad he's only 25 or he just turned 26 um, so i think he's a, a good number three and then I'm banking on his two guys coming from AAA. I don't even think Alonzo starts for him. I think he he runs out Guerra and Aguilar from AAA, and both of those guys were really good in AAA. By my scout, they're more than ready for the majors, uh, and, and I think they're going to be very competitive. So I, I really like his 1-5. to five. His 4-5, and five, I, I think his 4-5 and five are better than some of the other teams' 1-2. and two. So I, I really like Phoenix pitching. Yeah, and that's definitely where we disagree on that then because I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Aguilar. I think he'd be a fine bullpen piece, but I don't think he'll be a good starter. Guerrera, I think, definitely could be good. But with rookie pitching, always a little bit concerned with that. Yeah, so I guess I'm a little, I'm going out on a limb, but I think Phoenix actually going to win the SL. I really like his pitching. I, I think when it talks about the limb that we're going out on, I think my limb is much thinner than your limb, because I've definitely heard other people in the USBA talk about how good they think Phoenix is. Northern Virginia thinks Phoenix is one of the best teams in the SL as well, and I know he's not alone in that feeling. So I think the limb that I'm going out on saying that they're going to finish in fifth place 
Yeah, it's probably a lot more precarious than yours. All right, in fourth place, uh, who do you have finishing? I've got DC in fourth. All right, I so. actually have Montana. Oh, okay. Hmm. I've got Montana third. Okay, well, I have DC third. So, it <laughs> seems like we just kind of switched these teams. Okay. Uh, why do you think DC doesn't quite make the playoffs? I guess I'm not sold on DC's pitching. Um, so, I, I think uh, they have Brooks and Alanez and Dunn. And after that, I don't see a whole lot. Um, he's got one guy, one young guy coming maybe from AAA, Chi Jing. Um, mm-hmm. But after that, I, I don't see it. And, and his 1-5 to five stacked up against like something like Phoenix's 1-5, to five, I, I don't even see it as like close. Uh, I see Phoenix as significantly better than, than DC's 1-5. to five. Um, I guess I just wasn't sold. I'm not sold on DC's pitching at all. And I, I'm not. I don't. I don't know how, about his hitting either, and, and how well it's going to translate. I'm really interested to watch DC and how their hitters translate from the PL to the SL. When I look at my you know, list, there look at their starters from last year in the PL. He had one guy with an OPS plus or a WRC plus over 100 in the PL of the of the starting roster that he's going to run out there this year. So. Is he really? Are all those guys really going to turn into above league average hitters? Some of them probably will, but I'm not sure if they all do. So, I just feel like his hitting is pretty thin, and and, and I'm not sold on the pitching. So, still, I have him in fourth. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I could easily see DC finishing lower than fourth too. I don't. I don't. I think their ceiling is about four. Yeah, and this is a little bit hard, and why I may have them a little bit ranked too high in third. But I think that going down a league is really going to help their hitting significantly. I think also getting Gardner back, who is on the 60-day DL right now, but will be ready for the season. I think putting him in the outfield and being able to bench one of the guys they have out there right now just makes their outfield significantly better. I think Wilbur Davis manages to bounce back going down to a lower league. I don't think he's a PL-level player. But I think he's an SL-level player, and I think that's somewhere someone you really want there. I admit I missed Gardner, so that'll help. That helps them a lot. Yeah. But I still, I still probably don't put him any higher than I did. But it makes it more likely they finish there. I think that their offense is just going to be better than what it was in in the PL because I, I think going down the league is just going to help them a lot. And as we mentioned, there's a lot of teams that have very big question marks at the back of their rotation. And I think that that's going to allow his hitters to do pretty well against them. I think his hitting will struggle against the top two for Nova, Phoenix. But if, if you just schedule those as losses anyway, like a lot of teams probably should, then it's really not that big of a deal. And like like you said, is all these teams are really close. And if DC finishes in 6th or 7th, it wouldn't shock me. I just think they're going to manage to challenge for the playoffs. And the reason... And then I said that I had Montana in 4th place. And I think the reason that I finished in 4th place is... My pitching is solid, but not spectacular, and I think that that's really going to hurt me in the long run. My hitting, I think I'm going to score all the runs. I added I added a whole bunch of home runs with Lawson and Lopez, and I think that's really going to be good. Uh, my defense is still going to be almost as good as it was last year. I'm a little bit concerned at what I'm going to do at third base right now, because I did have Sears, who wasn't bad defensively and was decent hitting until the last two months of the season and so third base really concerns me but just my pitching my starting rotation my number one is probably a number two or three on most other teams I don't have a number one at all and I think that's a major concern yeah I mean I still have Montana in third and you know I just kind of walk through and push down like your offense I think pushes you up to that point Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to just score a lot of runs on a lot of teams even the good teams you're going to be able to score runs the good teams and the good pitchers Montana is going to score runs against Um, totally agree that your rotation is is suspect Um, yeah 
Suspect is a nice way of putting it. <laughs> you got you have big risks on the rotation yeah. side, and and it's there's not really anybody ready, you know, right away in AAA either. And then I added Murayama, which he wasn't that bad last year. He also has a great leadership qualities, and I think that's really going to help uh, stabilize my clubhouse if things get a little bit out of whack. Which actually is something that I was going to mention with Phoenix. That I have here in my notes is. With Phoenix, why I didn't have them finishing higher is they're a very young team that the players are already complaining about not having enough veteran leadership. Mm. And that concerns me because the season hasn't even started. So if they go on a streak where they lose, say, five or six games in a row, what happens to that clubhouse? Yeah, that's a that's a good spot. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, and so and that's why Mir- signing Mariyama, when I'm going to talk about your team as well, you signed Bill Ball, who whatever reason is just someone who the players really like having around and I think that's a really important facet of that a lot of teams don't necessarily look at is that leader that veteran leadership that could definitely be an issue for Phoenix yep be interesting to see how that plays out and so let's go to second place where you said I mean we already know we have finishing third that's the only team I've got left is Nova so and it definitely wouldn't surprise me if Nova won the league Mm -hmm. Um, he, he looks very strong he added uh, Pittman. Uh, he may have added more as well. Um, but his starting rotation is very good, right? He's got Lopez and Galayo, Navarro, Gomez. He's got really nice starting rotation run out there. And his bullpen is lights out with Panescu and Hudson. Yeah, who I think Hartling. are two of the best bullpen pieces in the SL. And yeah. then Hartling has great ratings. He missed last year because of, because of an injury. If he is as good as what his ratings say... That is three very scary bullpen pieces. Yeah, if he needed to, you know, if one of his starters gets hurt, he can easily swap Hartling in as a starter, too. So. Yep, or Gartland. I mean, he has depth there, and that's not something a lot of teams in the SL have right now. Yeah, he actually has a lot of his bullpen pieces are really starters, or could be starters. Yep. So, yeah, Nova's pitching is very strong, and there's not really many problems with his hitting either, so... Yeah, no, definitely. And that's actually why I have them finishing in first by about 10 games, really. 8 to 10 games, I think they win the SL by. When I look at their offense, the only real hole that I see is maybe a catcher. I mean, when that's your only hole on offense, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's why I have them finishing that much in, by that much in first place, you have them finishing in second. My second place team is actually Vancouver. I don't see that happening, so tell me how that could possibly (laughs) Well, I would figure you wouldn't see that happening, but I think a lot of the guys that you're going to call up and have starting are very, very good, and I think that they're going to hit the ground running in the SL. I also, Mungus, who probably won't, who won't spend too much, too long in the minors if he can really hit, I think having him at third base is going to provide a lot of power for you. I think that's going to be fantastic. Adding like Steve Dunn and Brian Williams, who are known producers on the ML level, is great. I think adding Danny Walsh, even if you don't have a shortstop who is quite ready to do well yet, is really good. He's about a two-war player, and obviously he's going to help your pitching look even better by that I think Marmelo in left field was pretty good last year. I think he's going to continue to get better. I know Toledo was really high on him, so were quite a few other teams, and so I think there's a reason everyone was so high on him. And obviously, it's projecting out a little bit, assuming that your rookies do well. I could see you finishing in second place. It's where I have you slated, but if you fall down to fifth or sixth, it really wouldn't shock me that much, because if your rookies do stumble out of the gate, then that is a major concern. 
And I think, you know, adding adding Valdez, I think Valdez is a very good player. I think he's going to be a great number one. I still think Cato's going to hold on. He did pretty well last year in Houston. Don't see a reason why he would completely fall off a table. Um, and then Carballo, I'm also been a huge fan of him for quite a while, too. I think that you, I think you have what it takes to finish in second place. But like I said, if you finish down to fifth or sixth and all of these teams, my eight through two, put any team that you want in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Phoenix and Nova kind of a step above the others. And mm-hmm. then three through eight, I really could see anything happening, yeah. depending on how it plays out. I think that does it for our SL preview. We definitely have uh, some of the same thoughts, but we definitely have some big disagreements with you thinking Phoenix wins and me having Phoenix in fifth, me thinking that Nova wins by about 10 games and you having them in second. It's going to be a really interesting season in the SL. I'm really looking forward to seeing where that ends up. Yeah, as always, I think the SL is going to be the most fun league. There's a lot of balance there in the there's it's not so great at the bottom and i think there's a couple really good teams at the top but the middle of the sl is going to be wide open very competitive i agree i think it's going to be going to be really fun to watch so all right and we're going to move on to our 3-0 preview here in just a little bit see what the bottom league has to offer this year Welcome back. We're going to go ahead and look at the 3L now and see what they have to offer. Last year, this was a very competitive league that actually had a four-way playoff at the end of the season to see who would be that fifth team in the playoffs. So we're going to talk about it and see if we're going to have game number 109 and 110 again, or maybe things are a little bit more cut and dry this year. Let's go ahead and start at the bottom. Who do you have finishing in 12th, Dave? Well, i am still got Chicago Hawks at the 12th spot yep. in the 3L. I do as well. Not much to really talk about with them. They signed a couple people in the offseason that I'm guessing they're probably going to flip, um, which he's actually done a very good job at doing. He's one of the few teams who's been able to take vets doing well on his team and move them to other teams. Good for him, because he needs some help. Yeah, definitely. I He has help coming in the future, but it's it's not close to ready yet. That's good. So how how does the Hawks system look? I think the Hawks system actually looks pretty good. I think their single-A team looks pretty good. I think it's going to continue to get better. Double-A looks decent. So, I mean, you're still talking about three, three, maybe four seasons away from them really being competitive. But it's getting there. In 11th place, where who do you have finishing in that position? I've got Portland in 11th. Okay, that, that makes enough sense. I actually have Greenville finishing in 11th with Portland in 10th. Okay, yep. I've got, I mean, I'm going to jump ahead a little and say I've kind of got four teams in sort of a bottom tier in yeah. the 3L, and any of them could finish anywhere, really. Yeah, and I actually, I have five teams um, in that category, but yeah, I think we're kind of in the same. Do you have any comments you want to make about either Portland or Greenville? I yeah. don't see much there, and they're just not ready to compete this year. Not even in the 3L. No. Um, the one thing I will say about Greenville is their minors look stacked, and I think they're going to be a te- one of the better teams here in a couple years. They're still He's a definitely been building a great system. Yeah. There's Especially a lot, the there's starting a lot of good pitching. stuff coming. Yeah. Especially the starting pitching. Their hitting is still a concern. Hopefully they can either develop some more of that or pick some up in free agency. But that starting pitching that they have coming up looks fantastic. Yeah. He's got a lot of pieces that are not that far away. Yeah, whereas Portland, I'm not quite as high on them for the future. I mean, I think they're going to be bad this year, and I think it's going to be quite a while until they really get there. Yeah. So Actually, I think, I mean, there's a couple pitchers in Greenville's AAA that may be almost ready. Yeah, I agree. be interesting to see if he decides to bring them up this year. I mean, Matson and Beliago are really close, and had, if I remember right, had pretty good years last year in AAA. So, um, yeah, I mean, Matson was his number one overall pick, and he picked him at 1-8 in 2026, 
went right to the three out or uh, to triple A and put up almost two war. So he's probably yeah. pretty close to ready. He's a he's the knuckleballer that Brad Kunick never was. Yeah, and pretty so, much. And it's kind of sad to see with Brad Kunick, but yeah, no, Matson should be fantastic. I you know keeping him down for another year to get that team control until your team's more ready to compete though really wouldn't shock me. You know we'll kind of see. If I remember yeah. right, Matson is also the guy who's a fantastic hitter as well, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's also the fantastic catcher. Yeah, he could easily be a two-way guy, although uh, Bosma didn't try him as that last year. Nope. He, his ratings look better than many catchers. Uh, in Almo- the game right really, now. almost all catchers. I mean, when you, when I look at his potentials, he could be one of the best catchers in the in the USBA. It will be interesting to see if he decides to start trying to use him as a DH catcher type, or just sticks with him strictly as Strict- a pitcher. Stitcher. Yeah. to make sure that he doesn't get injured, which is also a real concern that he needs to look at. So kind of a tricky situation there with him. Yeah, Beliago looks really good too, and he's also more than ready. He's had two, he's had one okay season and one good season in yep. in AAA. So and maybe, yeah, maybe I have Greenville a little too. I have Greenville in, in ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, but and if I think he brings that's to- up some of those guys, I think it's totally defensible. Could go a little higher. Yeah, totally defensible. I just I don't know how their offense is scoring runs, even if they get those pitchers up there. Yeah. So who do you have finishing in tenth? I've got Buckhead in tenth. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say this now. We'll get it out of the way. I don't understand the Mike Burns signing. I don't understand not signing any IFAs in the off season. Yeah, I, the missing yeah. IFAs is is definitely not a good thing for Buckhead. Nope. Uh, he's been doing okay, but missing out completely is is not great for the future. And uh, there were, I can't come up with an explanation either. Carrie's own explanation in general that he thought he was signing up Ken Burns to make a team documentary for $15 million a year. Probably the only viable explanation for signing Mike Burns for that much. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think it's going to add enough to their team to even be remotely competitive. The only thing that it might do is stop them from actually getting one of the top three or four picks. You have them in 10th. I think they could actually be up to 8th, but I think that the difference between them in 8th and then 7th place is a wide valley. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's unfortunate is they could end up with still the number 5 pick or something like that, depending on how bad Toledo is and how bad Seattle is. That's true. Buckhead's got a couple really nice hitters, right? Um, yeah, with Walker and Carmona. Yeah, super players. Yep. Going to be really good for a while. Definitely. But, but it's not quite enough to push yeah. him really in, even into the middle tier in the 3L at this point. Yeah, and actually, I, I do have them finishing 8th because I have them finishing ahead of Houston mm. because I don't like Houston's pitching at all, and I think their hitting is horrendous. And I think that that's... <laughs> if Marin with Houston, if Marin bounces back, I could be very wrong about this, but when I look at their hitting right now, and I look at how it did last year, and then I look at that outfield, I just don't see how they score runs at all. Uh, Dickerson is still decent, but he's not great anymore, and him at second base is going to cause... He just keeps getting worse at second base, and worse at second base, and worse at second base, and you can't really move him to DH because you have to have Marin there, because Marin's terrible in left field. Right. And it creates a problem where you're either going to have a negative ZR at second base, which is kind of an important position that you want something positive, or you move Marin out to left field and have a big negative ZR there, which still isn't great either. I actually think Buckhead can just barely finish ahead of them, but if those two uh, flip-flop, wouldn't shock me either. I mean, I expect Buckhead to score more runs than Houston. Yep. But I do like Houston's pitching quite a bit more than Buckhead's. I mean, they, they gave up 100 less runs than Buckhead's last year, and I don't I think it's going to translate fairly well to the 3L. Most of those guys get better. So I still see Houston. Yeah, know, Houston did than... lose. 
Houston did lose two of its bigger pieces, though, in the offseason with the pitching by trading Cato and Rodriguez to you. I just don't know who replaces them. And that's kind of the major concern is like, yeah, they're not 100 run pitchers, but they're definitely some runs. And there's no doubt about that. And I don't know how they're really going to replace that. I guess maybe Grant White starts again, but he wasn't very good last year. And so you're just kind of in that question spot of, well, I don't really see how this team is going to score runs and their pitching isn't going to be as good. And so I think it's going to cause some problems, especially towards the end of last year. Houston pretty much fell apart while Buckhead was actually starting to put some wins together. Maybe that was just, you know, they caught a hot streak at the right time. Time or something like that. But maybe it was a f- maybe it was a little bit indication that maybe that pitching was figuring it out a little bit more. I've got Houston and seventh actually. I could easily see them lower, especially if they sell more pieces. I know he's been looking, he's been trying to, to mm-hmm. move a few more guys, just hasn't been able to find the right buyer yet or the right somebody to pay what he's asking for. Yeah. So if he sells more, then he can easily finish lower in the bottom half. Yeah, so I think one of our disagreements here is you have them finishing in seventh. Who do you who do you have finishing in eighth place? I've got KT in eighth. Okay, and that would be where our first disagreement is. I think KT is actually a, a level above Houston and all those others. Hmm. And I have KT finishing in seventh still. I want beyond all belief to pick them for the fifth spot, but I cannot do that as long as they are running Jeffrey Campbell out at center field. That is one of the biggest. When I look at the whole USBA, if I don't if I don't look at what league they're in or anything. Yep. Some of the things that KT is doing on defense are some of the things I understand the least. Um, yeah. It, so. it, it pains me to say that because I like, I like Razor as a GM. I like him as a person. I, I want his team to do well because him and I were in the 3L for the longest, and I finally got out. I would like him to get out as well. But Jeffrey Campbell is just not a good center fielder. Clay Rush before him was also not a good center fielder and he has people who can play center field especially who he has slated at dh right now in mo but mo is slated at dh and not at center field right jeffrey campbell doesn't even have a center field rating he's got an outfield range rating a around four. the midpoint four or five yeah i have him a four but yeah it's it's not good so he, he just absolutely should not be playing center field for any team ever <laughs> No, no, and he's a good hitter. I mean, put him at DH, put him in left field, and put their left fielder at DH. Like, you have a lot of different choices. Chavez would be a fantastic uh, DH. Or, you know, put Campbell there. He has hitters, and that's something a lot of those lower teams in the 3L don't have. He has Chavez. He has... Mo looks like he's going to be a great hitter. Campbell was a good hitter. He has first baseman who can hit. He has Clarence Neal who can hit. That is something that a lot of lower teams don't have and could really help him separate and get into that fifth spot. But yeah. that defense is just, it's costing him lots of wins. The past couple of seasons, he's been negative 30 to negative 40 ZR in center field. Yeah, that's unbelievable, right? You're just giving up, add four wins right yeah. off the bat. And add four that's... wins, that's a lot in the 3L. That's a lot in a very, very, very close 3L. I also think that their pitching is really good. I love their starting rotation. I love Britton. I love Hiroshi. I love a lot of these guys that, they, that they're running out there. Yeah, I agree. Their pitching is, is pretty good, and it's the main reason they won't be in the bottom four or five teams, or in the bottom four, at least. I, I still have them in ninth, but I could see him finishing higher, especially if he gets the defense in order. If he gets the defense in order, I think he goes up to fifth. I think the ceiling for that team is actually is fifth. I don't think they can quite get to fourth, yeah. but I think the basement for that team is also seventh um, because I just don't think Houston's going to be that good where you have them a little bit higher. I think those bottom five teams in the 3L are just... The season's almost over. All they're playing for is the number one pick. 
That's harsh. So you have Houston in seventh. Who do you have finishing in sixth place just outside of that playoff so who did, spot? Who did you have in sixth or in uh, seventh and eighth? I had KT in seventh, and I had Buckhead in eighth. Okay. So, so I think yeah. our bottom six are the same bottom six, um, just in slightly different order. Yeah, pretty much. Except for yeah. I think KT can actually jump up to the playoffs where you don't think they're quite there. So yeah, I don't. I guess I don't see it, but in the 3L, it wouldn't be a huge surprise either. And nothing is, really. So, <laughs> so five and six, I've got really close. Same. And Same. I've got I've got CD in fifth and NA in sixth. It's exactly and... what I have as well. <clears throat> okay. Give me a little bit of reasoning on why you think NA just misses the playoffs. I wasn't a huge fan of their pitching. I yep. think they've got, is... they've got pitching troubles. Yeah, that is exactly the problems that I see. And it's really kind of sad because a lot of the players they have in their pitching staff have A, been with that team for a long time, but B, were good pitchers at one point. Right. Yeah, Castro and Swain, like Pedro Castro and, and Bobby Swain, really kind of dropped off. They're just not as good as they used to be. Yeah, so. and then one of their relievers now, Andy Coker, used to be one of the better starters in the USBA. and then That's true. He had a good run, too. Yeah, he's 32 now and just not, not doing it anymore. They're, they have one nice starter, 23-year-old Walt Kaufman. Looks good. Yep. But but after that, yeah, they're pitching a lot of holes. A lot of holes. And they I don't think... Have... I don't think their bullpen is going to be good enough either, even to make up for their starting pitching. I think that's going to be what a major going to be a major problem for them. Yeah, I guess I still see enough offense there to put them ahead of KT. Yeah, uh, Hank Wilder won the MVP in 3L last year by a pretty or significant margin war. too. I mean, he was like he was very enough. very good. Yeah, he destroyed the base. So. Yeah, yeah I, I think he is going to have another great year. Uh, their catcher, Felix Lopez, is also very good. Like, very, very good. And I think that really helps their team out a lot. Yeah. Lopez missed a, must have missed a bunch of time last season with an injury. Yeah, he broke his hand and was out for three months fairly early on. So Yeah, yep. But he still put up pretty good numbers, even in the 38 games that he played. He did. I mean, he put up one and a half war in just a third of a season. So there's yep. no reason not to think he won't be another four-war player. So I guess I got N.A. with enough offense to overcome their pitching in a lot of ways. But yeah. I mean, still just outside the playoffs. Yeah, and they were just outside of the playoffs last year, too. I mean, they weren't a bad team. If I remember correctly, they had a winning record, so they just didn't really do much in the offseason, and so I don't really see their fortunes changing a lot. So yeah, last year they were 58-51 and 51 in 8th place, but like I said... They finished in a four-way tie for 5th. Yeah. So Philly, the Gold Sox, Vegas, and NA all finished in that four-way tie for 5th, so yep. I still see them right around that spot, but still behind CD just a little. Yeah, I mean, hey, if there's a game 109, wouldn't shock me, though. So let's talk about that other team that we think they're really close to, CD. They're a team that last year was leading the 3L for a lot of the season, was doing fantastic, but fell off at the very end, and then got beaten in the playoffs, and really kind of seemed disappointing after what they did at the beginning of the season. Why do you have them all the way down to fifth? I mean, I do well, as well, but I want to know. I want to get some reasoning behind. I, do, I guess I just think they overperformed last year. Mm -hmm. Some of the numbers say they overperformed a little bit just by pure pith. They were only a 60-win team, not a 65-win team. Nothing wrong with being a 60-win team. It's still very good. Yeah. Uh, I guess I think they're more likely to be right on that spot this year, which puts them just a little bit lower than they were last year. Yeah, it's really hard to predict a team to go five, five to six wins, you know, again, just because, hey, that's what happens. I mean, unless you're Atlanta, that just doesn't happen season to season. I think they end up finishing in fifth as well. And I think it's more of a function of the teams that are just ahead of them rather than 
their team not being great. They did overperform some. I just think that the teams ahead of them are just that much better. I agree with that. The Gold Sox, well, the teams that are ahead of them are Brooklyn and Vegas and the Gold Sox and Philly. Yep. And the Gold Sox and Philly tied with them last year, but both made some moves, I think improved a little bit in the offseason. And I think Brooklyn and Vegas are a little bit above that. Yeah, so, we'll definitely talk about that yeah, in a little bit. Um, the one thing I do want to know about CD is I think that their starting pitching overperformed last year the most. And I think that that's what you're going to see the biggest regression. They are a team, though, that has a pretty good minor league, and they're not quite ready yet. But they're a team that's, I think, going to stay in the playoff buzz for two to three more years before they really make their big push. And that's a great position to be in because you're just going to see that budget keep going up. They're going to keep getting more money. And I think yep. things are going to be very good for their future. Whereas like Greenville, I also think has a very good future, but I'd almost rather be in CD's position. You don't get quite as good of draft picks, but you keep getting that budget up. Your fan interest stays decently high and you get kind of get to see what you have a lot sooner rather than you want to go from last place up to first place and you have to have everyone kind of hit. CD already has some guys there. So if they miss on a couple guys, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, CD has got 10 million more in budget already than Greenville. Yep. Greenville keeps hitting the $60 million floor every year. So CD went out and spent good money on four more IFAs this year. Great yeah. ad. You know, continue to add to the system. He's been doing that fairly consistently. Yeah, definitely. And they're tra- they're a team that doesn't trade very often, um, but they're really building their team through the draft and through IFAs. So, so in fourth place, um, I have Philadelphia. Who do you Same. have finishing? Okay. Same. Yeah, I think that they can't. I don't think they can break up into the top three. I just don't see their hitting there yet. And I mean, that's evidenced by the fact that Kyle has been trying to find hitters all off season. And yeah. just hasn't been able to find anyone that, you know, really meets what he needs. Yeah, his hitting wasn't was kind of a step below those top five teams, top five offenses in the three yep. L last year. He added uh, Schaefer, he added a third baseman Rivera, not a lot more. So I don't think his hitting takes a big jump this year. I think that's going to be his, what's holding him back. His pitching is very good, though. Um, and Sanchez missed a lot of last year but they play the whole season this year, and that'll really help them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think his pitching is very, very good, and I think actually getting rid of Calderon is huge for that team because I was getting messages about how bad he was in their clubhouse. I can't imagine how many messages Kyle was getting about it. Yeah, Calderon's got some really sexy-looking ratings, but his attitude is a big problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem for them. I actually think that Philadelphia has some of the better has some of the better pitchers with Corey Sanders, Carlos Sanchez, and George Frazier. I don't know if they're quite up to the level of Brooklyn and uh, Las Vegas, but they're close. And I those guys are really going to carry that team up to the fourth spot. I just think that hitting is really going to let them down. Yeah, we're pretty much in a violent agreement on Philly. Yeah. Pretty much see the same thing. Another team that we're probably in violent agreement on is Chicago. I have them finishing in third. You do as well, correct? I do. I think the reason they do is their bullpen is bad and their starting pitching has a lot of questions in it you have Crowder for rookie starting and then you have Nishida who was a very high priced addition in the offseason that we talked about him before he's also a rookie for all intents and purposes and he could be fantastic or he could be just fine he's a big question and the reason I do have the gold socks up to third is because I I do overall like the starting pitching yeah Uh, with Areola it's still going to be very good he's going to give up a home run a game but he's a good pitcher I do think Nishida's going to be good. Uh, he's a, he seems very much like so to me. 
when I signed So a few yeah, years ago. He's definitely. getting a little bit more money, but his ratings actually look better than So's ratings did at the time. And he gets to start in the 3L as opposed to jumping right into the top league. So yeah. I think Nishida is going to be a big ad for the Gold Sox and push him from that tied for the fifth spot up a little bit higher. So. Yeah. Um, what really does it for me is their offense. Their offense is just getting better. They're calling up some people who I think are going to be pretty good and should help improve that defense. The biggest question I have is right now they have Ballard starting at shortstop, and that could be a disaster. Yeah, he's not a very good shortstop anymore. No, he isn't. He has a five range there by my scout, and that screams problems to me. And he wasn't even a good second baseman last year, so I no, he wasn't. Don't know what he's playing. I don't know what the plan here is. I'd rather just start Colazzo at shortstop, who's a more natural shortstop, and then put Ballard at second base and just take your lumps there. I wouldn't put Ballard at short. I'd rather have the worst lumps at at second base. Ballard looks like he's headed for being a DH, but he's got Castro. Over but he's the got DH Castro spot, there, who Castro is a fantastic hitter. And it's yeah, like, Castro's a great hitter. Yeah, Ballard is still a great hitter. Castro is a great hitter. Cashmore hit all the home runs last year. Uh, Valise and Hood and Wise were all pretty good on offense last year. I think the offense is what's going to carry them, and I think their pitching is going to be just good enough that I think they do get third, but I don't think they can even come close to challenging the top two. Um, I'm pretty much in agreement with that. All right, and let's go to one of those top two. Who do you have finishing in second place? I've got Vegas in second. All right, I do too. So- I do too. Yeah, I wanted to put them in first, but I just, they have a couple really big question marks that I think are going to unfortunately cause them not to be able to get there. And it's still a big question mark in the bullpen? Yep, that is definitely one of the big questions. Their bullpen was horrendous last year. They did a little bit to make it better, but I don't think it's enough to overcome Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn, I think, just added too much. Uh, Brooklyn was already good and added a lot. Troy is all in. And I think it's going to pay off, at least for this year. I don't know how it works out in the long run, but I think this year... Well, we'll, yeah, and we'll talk about that in just a second. I actually think long-term, doing more research on their team, I am much more scared of that team long-term than I mm-hmm. was before. But with with Las Vegas, the major issues that I see there are the outfield. I don't know who plays center field for them. No one who's going to be able to hit when they play center field. And the Edmund Gallagher, I guess, which isn't really Didn't someone they have a starting uh, center. So he's got a guy on the DL who was okay in the minors at hitting and a good center fielder. Castor Navis. Yeah, so, but if I remember correctly, he didn't do very well when he was when he was called up to the majors. Not really. No. And that's kind of the problem. So maybe him, maybe Gallagher, maybe a Sylvester. It's a you know not a very encouraging center field situation, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. No, the other he's probably going to just is, have to give up. He's just going to have to give up offense in center field, right, and play the best defensive player. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to end up having to do. Yeah, definitely, and that defensive player is going to have to make up for their left fielder in Alonzo, who was a negative ten ZR last year. And you'd love to move him to DH, but you can't because the guy at DH is just as bad in the field. Right. Yeah, he's got three guys for two spots, really. Really has Alonzo and Adams and McKinney to DH and play first base. He really doesn't want to have Alonzo in left, but he doesn't really have a choice. No, and in reality, you'd really like to move Salazar to DH because he's going to miss 30 to 40 games every single year that he's playing in the field because he's just made out of glass. Maybe. I guess it helped uh, Smith, but you never know. Who knows if it helps Salazar? Salazar the same way. Salazar is a phenomenal outfielder still. So Yeah, definitely. He put up a plus 5 ZR in right field last year, but with him missing 40 games, there's no one to back up right field for them, and that losing that hitting is, I think, going to be what hurts them. And I know I'm assuming that Salazar gets hurt, but when you get hurt every single year, I don't think it's that large of an assumption to assume you'll miss games again. Yeah, he's played 
80, 74, 195 games. So he misses somewhere between 10 and 30 games every season. As he gets older, that's probably not going to be better. So, But, I mean, you know, he still has Sake Van Aram, who I know is a sore spot for you. But <laughs> he's good. He's very good. He's a super player. Yeah, and he got traded for Alan Blair, so... Ah, uh, yes. Thank you for twisting the knife. <laughs> yeah, no that. problem. I JJ will appreciate it, so... JJ will never listen this far anyway. Their so. starting rotation is fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. It's he just adds, not fantastic uh, when five of those people are on the DL. Right, so he adds Herrera and Bradshaw back to the rotation that already has Haney and Tejeda in it. It's going to be an excellent rotation, and he's got a lot of offensive power. He's got holes. On, he's got some holes on offense, but yeah, he's got some I think hole. he's got enough to put him in that top couple in the three. Yeah, I just I think those holes unfortunately are just not enough to overcome Brooklyn. So so the team that we both have finishing first is Brooklyn. When I first thought about it, I was like, oh, he added a whole bunch for this year. He's not gonna you know it'll work for this year. But what happens after that? I was beginning to look. His team is very young still. Hmm. He only has really he only has one starting pitcher over thirty. And as far as fielders go, Armstrong is really the only old starter there as well. Everyone else is under 30. And that's really kind of scary. Could he, he could make a double promotion, right? He could be set up for double promotion here, where he wins the 3L and then runs right through the SL. I would be kind of shocked if he doesn't. The only way that I could see that happening is somehow Nova, who I picked to win the SL by a significant amount amount if nova doesn't get promoted if you're more correct on who they are than i am and they end up staying in the sl that would be the only way that i see that brooklyn could possibly not get double promoted but as of right now i look at that team and i fully expect them to be in the pl in two years yeah they're young but they're not super young either i mean a lot no. of his guys are 26 27 so yeah but they are proven they're they're proven players which is what's kind of the scary part is they are they are proven players at that age and obviously when he gets up to the pl a lot of those players that he has right now are not going to be nearly as good and he'll have to retool at that point but just getting back up there is what is really the hard part so yeah it will be interesting to see so those guys if he if he gets promoted twice in a row a lot of those guys are 28 and 29 especially the hitters so That's right on the edge of are they still going to be as good as they were or are they, are they on the decline already? It's, a, it's kind of interesting you mentioned that. I'm not sure that, that that 30 years old is that brick wall anymore like it was in 16. In 17, at least, I've noticed that people are going for longer. Not everyone. But a lot of players have been going. The age curve that used to be so steep in OOTP seems like it has leveled out a bit. Which is good to see that people just don't fall apart at 30 anymore. But It may not be as severe. I still mm-hmm. think it's there. I saw a post on the OTP forums where somebody had like analyzed an entire league and all the random dev changes that happen to players under the hood. Like every sim, there are ratings changes happening to every player in OTP. Yeah. We only see them when we get a scout update, but they're happening all the time. So somebody actually did a like plotted every one of those over time. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a clear peak around 27. Yeah. But it's not as steep off there anymore, but after that age, yeah, people do start to decline. So I, it's just a matter of how fast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, either way, though, as long as 28, 29, you're still up in the PL. Like, that's still pretty good for them. I think their starting pitching is fantastic. And I think that's, I mean, Bill Fletcher, who was a pretty good pitcher in the 3L last year, is their number five. That's a little bit scary for all 3L teams. Yeah, his top four is very good. Yep. His top four starter is very good and, and young, so... He's in good shape on the pitching, for sure. Rather than continue to gush about Brooklyn, 
if they don't win the 3L, how does that happen? So how deep is he on starting pitching? That's because the problem. That's exactly where I see what if he has a Vegas, right? Yeah, th their bullpen and their starting pitching is very shallow. In their minors, they don't really have anyone who's ready to come up yet. I mean, I guess you could say that Acosta is going to be is going to be ready to come up, and he can probably start. But he's a rookie that you'd be putting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pressure on. Besides him, though, there's no one really in their starting pitching to come out. And if their bullpen has injuries, especially to Bond or Voigt, I don't know who takes over those positions. He won't be afraid to go trade some more pieces to get to fill in. So, no, but you have to find those pieces right now. You have to find and, somebody who's selling. Yeah, you have to find someone who's selling. And right now, after Toledo sold, really hasn't been a lot of people selling lately. There's not a lot for sale. And now that could change by midseason. But right now, there doesn't look like any team that's going to be oh, I wasn't selling before, but now I am. So right. Now he's got, so he's got four really good starting pitchers. Fletcher is a pretty good number five. He's got Acosta. After that, it falls off. So a couple injuries to starting pitchers. That's how he doesn't win the 3L if it happens. Their hitting is kind of in the same category too. They have some backup hitters, but if they have some major problems, if they have injuries there, especially to their outfield, who has been a little bit fragile at times, that could also be a concern for them. Yeah, he had a lot of guys. I mean, he only had three guys play more than 100 games last year. Almost everybody had a little bit of something going on. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you don't want to see Tom Wilcox back in your back in your start back in your starting lineup again. So, and so I think that's going to do for our 3L preview. We both have Brooklyn winning and the only way they don't win is injuries and we both have Vegas as being the odds on favorite to be that second team going up to the SL next year. Uh, before we go how do you think those teams do in the SL next year if they do get promoted? We both said that Brooklyn could be double promotion. How do you think Vegas does if they move up? Probably our top half. If they could, if they could move, if they could add some hitting and clean up their outfield situation, maybe, maybe they end up having to move one of Alonzo, McKinney, or Adams for somebody that can play defense and still hit. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they could be, they could be challenging for the top three. I think in the SL, I think their team is that talented. When I look at it. It stacks up pretty well already against a lot of teams in the SL. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Dave. And this will definitely be our longest podcast that we'll probably ever do. It's not going to normally be 60-plus minutes. But we have to give you everything that you're looking for in the previews, and so we have provided that. All right. There's your fake players and real losers, and there's going to be plenty of real losers this season. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Look yep. forward to the next one.